a teenage wedding and the old folks wished him well You could see that Pierre did truly love the mademoiselle And now the young monsieur and madame have rung the chapel bell C'est la vie, c'est the old folks, it goes to show you never can tell They furnished off an apartment with a two-room robot sale found work, the little money coming worked out well. C'est la vie, c'est the old folks, the culture show you never can tell. They had a high five phone, oh boy, did they let it blast. Playing favorites, Lieutenant Dan brings Forrest back to Earth, Hulk learns how to spell Zihuatanejo, and Vinnie Barbarino spends a bit too much time in the bathroom. He is the Uncle Conrad to my Aunt Jenny, and we both believe that pigs are filthy animals. Welcome to Two Real Reviewers. This week's podcast brought to you by the UC Santa Cruz Banana Slugs. All right, all right. Well, um, getting down to the nitty-gritty of three wonderful movies this week. Um, this will probably have to go down as the best week of movies we've ever had. Restored my faith in great movie making. It, it, it has. I think with what has been put out of late, I know we're getting a lot of the B films due to COVID and they're not wanting to release them and so on and so forth. I get that. But I do think that the quality of movies over the last few years have been over the top special effects over the top CGI, um, and it's it's taken away from the relationship of UC and acting nowadays. And I think these movies here, all three of them, can you, we can go down that road and say, wonderful acting, excellent acting in all three of these movies. Not I, great and sci-fi. And I think I think a lot of newer movies in the last few years have had some sort of deep message, you know, embedded in the movie. And with these three, it's not that complicated. It's a it's a pretty decent plot with some great characters and some suspense mm -hmm. and some happy endings, <laughs> some not so happy occurrences. It's just a very straightforward, you know, things that happen in the movie. There's not any sort of hidden meaning in it. Did you notice one thing about these three great films? Well, they're all right about the same period of time. Absolutely. That's what I was just going to say. Shawshank Redemption, 1994. Pulp Fiction, 1994. Apollo 13, 1995. So I have to believe that most of our real fans have, have seen all of these movies. And uh, unlike previous podcasts, we're, we're not going to recap the plot for you. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I think... I think that we probably are going to be able to encourage you to see one, two, maybe all three of these movies, if you have not uh, seen them before. Um, and in the case of, of one of them, it's Monty's um, virginal viewing. So I, well, it's probably a bad word choice. <laughs> well, it, it, it is in a sense. Let, let's put it this way. I mean, really, really think I, I'm so new to this movie, Shawshank Redemption, even though 
I would have to say this movie, and it has been in other movies in a sense, referenced, made fun of, whatever it might be. Even Family Guy has a whole thing on them being in this movie, Shawshank Redemption, and, and uh, they play it out. So it's kind of, you know, it's it, these types of movies like Pulp Fiction is always referenced in, in pulp, uh, popular culture, and so is Shawshank Redemption. Apollo 13, maybe not so much, um, but the other two, you see them down the line. So, it, But for me being so new of it, I didn't know this was Shawshank Redemption was Stephen King's book. I yes. I'm yeah. so, I, was, I felt so bad when I realized that. I'm like, our fans are going to just kick my butt in the parking lot one day because they're <laughs> going to find out that I didn't never seen this movie until now. Well, and it's it's not the sort of story that you would necessarily expect from Stephen King. Well, and there's a reason I, I have, you know, not to get dark, but there's a reason why I didn't never watch the movie. And, and I'll be honest with you. I don't like movies with that has any reference or inside or of prison. I just don't hmm. jail. I've never, I've never been a fan of them. So I don't watch them. You know, I, I hated the TV show prison break. I hated the TV show Oz. I just, I just never been that type of guy that wanted to sit and watch a movie about prison. It's so, probably one of my biggest fears is being in one. <laughs> I was going to say, have you been in one? And that's why you're uh, apprehensive about watching a movie about it? I've had to go visit people there that I didn't want to. So let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, it, 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 it ain't the Fairfield Inn, for right. sure. Right? That's right. So that's you're, right. <laughs> you're, not, you're not going there to have a, a, a nice visit. No, no, and so, um, but you, this is your one of your all-time favorite movies. Mine was one of uh, all Paula Thirteen, one of our all-time favorite movies, and Pulp Fiction, um, you know, is our fans, and and what a turnout of by our fans! Holy mackerel! The, so the, the 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 votes we got, and the pace of voting, especially at the very end, was just fantastic, and we can't thank everybody enough to know that we did this as a quick poll uh, because of things that were happening uh, in our, in our personal lives. We had to put this up there and to get 60 plus votes when we usually get up into the mid teens was just tremendous. It was a great turnout. Um, and I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for uh, the Facebook group movie talk. I'm also very thankful for our Facebook group movie club that we are recently a part of now um, that has also chimed in more and more now onto our podcast um so i'm excited to to have them a part of this and and be one of the major contributors of our voting well that is absolutely great update and wonderful news to hear so let's get started let's go to the moon and let's go to outer space in apollo 13 and then if you could uh give your oxygen tanks a stir Roger that. Stir the tanks. Whoa. Hey. 
Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. As Bonnie said, this is one of his all-time favorite movies. Uh, how 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 favorite is this? Number one. It is number one. That's, it's it's that's number one. Favorite. It's number one between this and Tombstone. There's some characters in Tombstone I can't stand. Um, and that's why I ranked Apollo 13 higher. There is not a character or an actor in this movie that I dislike in any way. I, I absolutely love them all. So the fact that, that Apollo 13 wasn't necessarily a coming out party because he had done a bunch of other movies prior to this. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Opie Cunningham, I mean, um, Ron Howard, right? <laughs> What I didn't know is that Ron Howard and Brian Glazer have formed this partnership that goes back, I don't know how many years, mm -hmm. many, many years, because it, it's not just Apollo 13 that launched their careers. You see mm -hmm. how I like launched? Launched. I like it. Yeah. I like uh -huh. it. Uh -huh. <laughs> but they did, they've done a bunch of other great movies, such as Backdraft, mm -hmm. A Beautiful Mind, and Night Shift, which had Arthur, oh, Fons had Arthur right. Fonzarelli that's in right. it. Right, that's right. And who else? Well, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Right. Yep. Yep. Right. Um, the movie was based on the book Lost Moon that was written by Jim Lavelle, mm -hmm. who was the astronaut that was portrayed uh, by Tom Hanks. Yep. And, and you've got a whole bunch of other great cast members that turned characters into great ones. You know, Kevin Bacon, mm -hmm. Bill Paxton, Gary Sinise, Monty Lookalike, Ed Harris, <laughs> Kathleen Quinlan, you know, who, who got a lot of compliments in her role as Jim's wife by, mm -hmm. by Jim's wife. So Mrs. Lavelle, the actual Mrs. Lavelle, was very complimentary about what Kathleen Quinlan did with that role. And even, even two bit characters in here, Rance Howard and Gene Spiegel Howard were in the movie. You know who they are? The, uh, Gene, Gene played, um, she's, I don't know who she is. She is, isn't that, that's Ron Howard's mom, mom, right? Correct. Mom. And mom. it's her, it's her mom. Yes. And she played Jim Lavelle's mom mm -hmm. in the movie. And Rance Howard, who is Ron's father, was the minister. Was, was he? I didn't yeah. know that. I noticed yeah. the minister. I, I saw that um, in there, but I did not know that was his dad. Well, you know, he always puts his brother in there. We know that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Throw, make fun throws, of that. Throws the I brother mean, a bone. <laughs> he's been in every Ron Howard film every, ever, ever made. Good old so, Clint Howard. If you this is of course the real life story of, of the ill-fated Apollo 13 mission from 1970, which, you know, I think, I think history books really kind of glosses over oh, because it's, it's not as sexy and romantic as what happened with Apollo 11. Mm -mm. So if you've lived under a rock and you've never seen this movie, you know, it recalls the crew of the program that almost didn't make it back to earth. Right. And, you talk about the characters, you know, those three amigos that uh, had to keep themselves um, sane while they're up there waiting for information from mission control when they're, they're running out of power and heat and patience and wits. Everything. Right. Oh, man. Uh, just an extremely 
stressful period of time that, I don't know, I think the first time I saw this movie, I'm not even sure I knew the real story about Apollo 13. You know, to to really think that this has truly happened, I, I this movie for me, um, when you're watching it, you get so involved in the three astronauts that are up there, you know, um, and so you, you start to think to yourself, man, God, what would I do? You're trapped in this thing. You're just basically orbiting and you can't get home thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of miles away and, and can't get to the moon, you know, and you're just floating around waiting for something. It, it, I would lose my absolute mind. So to know that these guys did this, it, it's, it's, you get intense. You, you find yourself tensed up watching this movie. And didn't you think that this, the, the way that, that the movie uh, was displayed and the costumes and the, the footage they use with the news and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, it really captured the late 60s. It, it did. And, and not only that, I mean, like you said, the, to use actual film footage of some of the newscasting, I thought was pretty amazing. Um, one of the parts that kind of got me too is when, you know, growing up, I, I heard the stories from my dad. I heard the stories from my uncle, you know, when they, anytime these guys went up in a spaceship, people were glued to the TV, you know, they went up in a rocket, they're glued to the TV and they're getting these images from the ship. And then this time around, it was like, nobody was watching and all the networks dumped them until tragedy hit. And I thought that was really kind of made it not to get political, but it kind of made me think about how our media is today. You think about it. The media didn't care that they were up in that when they were doing their broadcast. But as soon as tragedy hit, the media was all over it. And yep. it just makes it kind of where we're at now. We live in that fear monger mentality. Yeah, so, just another space mission. Big deal. Right. <laughs> right. When the space program was in its infancy, Mm-hmm. Right in 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 the late sixties, this movie cost uh, this this movie made three hundred and fifty five million dollars uh, over the course of its uh, on, you know ongoing run. Right? right, I had to pay a couple of bucks to watch it. Um, it obviously was nominated for um, a number of Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, it picked up two um, for film editing and for sound. And it lost to Braveheart. And I wonder, I, okay, that's, that's kind of what I was expecting. I, I was expecting that you would say that you thought Apollo 13 should have won. But I wonder if you think that there was any real competition between Apollo 13 and Braveheart. I, you know, for, for this movie only to win Best Sound and Best Editing and but be nominated for Best Picture, Brian Grazier, Best Actor, Ed Harris, Best Actress in a Supporting Role, uh, Kathleen Quinlan. Kathleen Quinlan, yeah. That, or, and I, I meant Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Ed Harris. My question is, why was Tom Hanks not nominated? Why was Ron Howard not nominated? Those things is what kind of blows me away. I was not a big fan of Braveheart. Um, I just, I wasn't, I, me I, neither. I, I, I thought that movie was overhyped, um, you know, and there's a reason why it's not in the top 10 on some of these movie databases where you, you know, you're talking about top films. Um, Apollo 13 quietly made 300 and like you said, 355 million against a $52 million budget. So to me, it's like, I, I just don't see again, I, the Oscars themselves really have some explaining to do when you look back 
20 years, 30 years, and you look back at these films and there's awards that they've <laughs> given out and think to yourself, what the hell were they thinking? Sometimes not even that long. Yeah, very true. Very right? True. So, Monty, I, I really understand why this is your favorite movie of all time. I mean, I really do. I had not seen it in a very in, in a long while. It was really great to see it. It, it puts you back in 1970. It, it, it puts some fear in you. Kind of, kind of clutching the the armchair while you're watching some of these scenes, makes you feel very good about being an American. Mm-hmm. At least it did for me. Absolutely, demonstrates a lot about friendship and camaraderie. Right, Gary Sinise's character is essentially he can't he can't go on the mission that he mm-hmm. thought he was going to because of the German measles, but he's a good enough guy where when they run into trouble and they're trying to figure out how to bring the capsule back. He's the guy that essentially does it. Right. And, and he gets a little love for it. And above all, it, it makes all of us guys believe that we could be astronauts ourselves and walk on the moon. Hmm. Don't you? I, it, it's to me, I, I, I wanted, I feel, I felt bad in this movie that they couldn't do it. Do you remember there's that scene in there where Tom Hanks goes, the guys are all talking about the moon and, you know, and, and this is already after they're in trouble and they're talking about, you know, and they're, and he goes off and has a vision of himself bending down and, and grabbing some moon dust, you know, from the ground. And then he says to them, he says, what are your guys' objectives here? What, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? I want to go home. I, at one point, I believe that those three guys said, you know what? Let's just go land. Let's yeah. just go land. We'll finish. Kind of like Clint Eastwood in, in Space Cowboys, where, uh, not Clint Eastwood, um, who's that? Uh, I'll play Two Face in Batman. I can't think of his name. It, it, uh, uh, Tom Tommy Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. Thank you. Remember in the end of Space Cowboys, they shoot him off because he's dying of cancer. Anyway, they shoot him off to the moon and he dies on the moon. I actually envision in this movie, I'm wondering if that was a conversation those guys actually had in that space capsule. Do you think that came across? I think it. I think it certainly could have because it's obvious when you read the notes, you know, from mm-hmm. Jim Lavelle, that and he never got to do it. You know, he he never got to walk on the moon. He was supposed to go on an earlier flight before Apollo eleven right. or Apollo thirteen, right? Mm-hmm. And then this mission got moved up, and then it right. got goofed, right? Right. So can you imagine the heartache of of training your entire life, you know? going to the Naval Academy, becoming a, a pilot, you know, getting into the NASA program. And, you know, you're this close. And, and he never got to do it. But you never hear, you never hear about that. There's right. never a bitter word that he says, uh, you know, one of my biggest regrets is I never got to. No, that's not it at all. It's not it at all. And so what about Bill Paxton? I mean, I think Bill Paxton is the only one out of those four that actually got to go back up. I think Gary Sinise did too. Or not Gary Sinise, sorry, Ken Manley and Ken Fred Manley, Hayes yeah. went back. But Jack Swagger ended up not – he retired from NASA and went into politics and then died of cancer before he can even take office. And I love how Tom Hanks, this character, Jim Lovell, does the um, the recap at the end and does the voiceover. Right. Get, you know, And I, that, to me, that made the end of that film perfect. You couldn't have done it better. I think Ron Howard picked a great spot for that. And so – uh, as far as a, a, this movie being a telltale of, of the reality of what happened in that true story, excellent, excellent job by, by uh, Ron Howard. Well, I'm glad you, you, you picked this one for me to watch. As I said, it restores my faith in, in really good movie making. 
um, in, in a year that we saw some really, really great flicks. And uh, this is the sort of movie that um, is timeless and, and can be pulled, you know, off out of the VCR every once in a while or put in the VCR every once in a while if you don't have a digital connection. And I enjoyed this so much that this got four and a half fresh out of the wrapper wow. red vines. Excellent. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. That's your, that's one of your highest rated. It may be the highest that I've rated. Um, My goodness. Because it just, it, it never had, you know, it, it just, it never had a spot where, where the movie was slow or dragging or there was something going, well, that doesn't make sense. Why did they do this? Or why did they do that? And, in as much as I just got through saying that, you know, movies, uh, some movies have this deep, dark, hidden meaning, you know, there were, there were two things in this movie scenes that I thought were done very well by, by Kathleen Quinlan. The scene where she actually has this nightmare about losing Jim, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in a space disaster, right, before he even goes up. And, and the one that really, really was powerful to me was when she's in the shower Mm-hmm. In, in in the motel and she loses her wedding ring down the drain as if she's losing him down the drain i that just really got to me and you know that's a true story oh yeah yeah that part there actually you know sometimes we, there wasn't a lot and that's what i've read in both the the making of this movie through the trivia and everything else there wasn't a lot of twisting of the of the of the story to make it a little you know what i mean to make it a little better movie. Um, there was a, they stuck to the line pretty much. They stuck to the book. Um, and that, that right there is one of the scenes. And the, the, the nightmare that you talk about from her uh, was based off the 1969 movie uh, Marooned. And that's what she'd actually had seen. And that kind of made her panic, I believe. Um, and then she had that dream of it. So it played into this movie as well. So she, and she was awesome. I mean, it, it, she's, yeah, it was, it was a result of seeing the movie Maroon 1969. Yeah. So she's, uh, she had a, a lot to say about that. Well, thank you again. Huh? That was great. And I hope I might have been able to return the favor with my selection for you this week. Let's take a look at uh, Rod's favorite movie or one of his top favorite movies, Shawshank Redemption. I'm sure by now you've heard terrible thing. A man that young, less than a year to go, trying to escape. Broke Captain Hadley's heart to shoot him. Truly it did. We just have to put it behind us. Move on. I'm done. Everything stops. Get someone else to run your skills. Nothing stops. Nothing. In this movie, again, um, never seen it, being to see it before, and every we know everybody knows this movie. I, it's it's. I mean, the movie made you know, only 58 million, but it was nominated for, for some awards. It also was very knowledgeable or not knowledgeable. It's always in a lot of pop culture now. So, you know, it's out there. Um, most people believe that this is Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman's best movies uh, that they've ever done. And that's a lot to say for Morgan Freeman. I mean, that man is, is an amazing actor and done some great things. Not every- sure. I'd, 
Not sure I'd agree with that assessment of Morgan Freeman's work. Of the, really? You don't think this is his best, his red? No, 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 no. What no. would you pick? Driving Miss Daisy, actually. Really? I'm oh, not, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I was never a big fan of that one. But uh, <laughs> sticking with this one, um, there are some, some really great characters in this movie. Again, I'm not a big fan of, of prison film. Um, but going back and, and watching this, I, you know, the only thing I would say is, is you know, it's a two hour and 22 minute film. Um, and I didn't realize, you know, at the time that when he started trying to escape, uh, that was 19 years. It took him 19 years to dig himself out of that. So I didn't realize that until later on, uh, in, in that. And I actually had to rewind myself to figure that out. Um, what did you think of Tim Robbins character in this? Probably, and I would agree that this is this is Tim Robbins, probably Tim Robbins' best role. What? It is, it is, but I wanted to just say that because I was going to say, I was going to say Luke LaRouche <laughs> from, um, oh my gosh, what's that, Bull Durham. Bull Durham Bull wasn't Durham. his best role? Yeah. No. Well, okay. I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's up there. Yeah. But, you know, there, that's, he, 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 he played a, you know, dopey character, right? And and yeah, great. You know, Sean oh. Sean Penn played a dopey character too that we loved in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Right. Um, but in in terms of of portraying Andy, mm-hmm. right, and what he went through in his life, and uh, well, I'll I'll let you tell the story. I'm getting too excited. I want to hear okay. what you had to think about it. And I have a connect the dots in here. Okay. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Um, Frank uh, Darabont, who directed this movie. Um, I don't, you know, to me, they made a character that, you know, in, in Andy Dufresne who had, you know, been convicted of killing his wife. Um, they made him a lovable character in this movie, you know, and, and it had, it kind of made you feel not lovable, made you feel sorry for him in a sense. Um, and his you relationship root for him. Yeah. You root for him. That's the best thing. Better way. Um, but for me, it's, the ultimate relationship between him and red and, and, yes. and the other general, it, you, you were, you, you find out, you feel like these two guys were best friends their entire life, the way it was coming about. Um, and, and I just really enjoyed it for, for a while and, and having somebody do that. And matter of fact, there's even a reference in the movie for Christmases that we'll discuss later on about this, about red. <laughs> so oh. it's even in there. So you'll have to look for that when you watch that movie. Um, this movie jumped up for me in, into some of the top, into probably my top five. Um, Ooh, I, I really would have, better. To, yeah, I really would have to say put put them up there. Um, very shocking to think that knowing my disdain for for those types of movies, but I think the character acting in here, um, you lost sight that that was Morgan Freeman, you lost sight that that was Tim Robbins. Um, uh, Clancy Brown uh, is it Clancy Brown? Is that the other one? Uh, yeah, Clancy Brown. Yep. Uh, you lose sight in in the in him as as Captain Hadley. He played a, a great role. Uh, you know, and it just it was really really good. And I I just again two hours and twenty two minutes. It is kind of long, but I think they needed all two hours and twenty two minutes. You know, to to tell this story. Um, there's not a lot of books uh, that I see that are made into movies that turn out to be really good. And this was, but this happened to be one of them. 
and um, oops, I just uh, logged out of what I was trying to wanted to read to you is talk to you about the <laughs> nominated for the seven Oscars um, nominated for, you know, best, best picture, best actor in a leading role, best writing, best cinematography. And that I will tell you right now, the cinematography in this movie was outstanding. Um, you felt like you were there. How do you how do you get a rainstorm to feel like it's coming through your television set when he gets out? You, you know, I was going to tell you something. I wish I was going to say I wish I would have watched this movie um, with, with surround me? sound. Well, with me, with you, and with surround sound, because I didn't, and and but I could tell that it was there. I could tell that if I was sitting in a theater and watching this back in 1994, I probably mm. would have just sat there in awe of it, you know, to watch it on a, a, a 70 inch TV. Is it 70? I have now. Yeah. 72 inch TV. Um, Bragger. Yeah. <laughs> I want to throw that out there. <laughs> um, I, so for me, yeah, there, there was, there was a lot of that. I still go back to it though. They didn't win any Academy Awards. Yeah. They were only nominated again. How does something like this not win? So, uh, and, and what was the best picture in 1995? Let me look that up for you, for everybody to realize. Oh, Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks. Right. <laughs> um, I maybe would have, uh, uh, Tom Hanks won for best leading role in Forrest Gump. I would say that's good, but Morgan, you know, was up there. Um, as far as the, the rest, I just, again, it goes back to it. I'm just kind of still shocked that this movie didn't get at least one or two wins. I mean, cinematography alone should have been, should have won. I mean, that's shocking that it didn't. And Tim Robbins should have, it should have been acknowledged a little bit more. I I, I'm, I'm biased. Okay. You know, so I, I'm, I'm going to, and, and, and shame on me for, for dissing America's sweetheart, Tom Hanks, mm -hmm. um, who I, I loved in Apollo 13, but just as you're not a fan of, of prison movies, I have to tell you, I'm not the biggest fan of, of the movie Forrest Gump. And, and while I may think that Shawshank Redemption absolutely should have won, mm -hmm. uh, my, my opinion is a little bit jaded. Well, and, and for you guys to realize, what, I was just looking this up. The best cinematography actually went to, um, uh, I think it was actually went to Legends of the Fall. Isn't that another one of your favorites? Yes. Another top five movie. <laughs> now, come on. How does Legends of the Fall win over this in cinematography? Think about that. In the, don't get me wrong. You, I know you like Legends of the Fall. I'm not a big fan of that movie at all. Um, but I do believe what? that. I'm not. I was not. I told you <laughs> that. I wasn't. I know. I know you've said that before. <laughs> Still don't believe it. What did I call it before? Legends of the what? Snore or something like that? Or Legends <laughs> of the Fall Asleep. That's what I said. Right. And then you even even with Shawshank Redemption, when you talked about the rainstorm, okay, and, and some of the other things that went on in that movie, think about the sound. So even the nomination for best sound, which they were up for, went to speed. Really? Oh. Really? Because the mean, bus because the bus was really loud? I guess you could hear the the, <laughs> the motor or the annoyingness of, of uh You could hear Sandra Bullock gulping <laughs> in fear. In fear. So and again, I think Forrest Gump took a lot of stuff that Shawshank probably should have gotten a little bit acknowledged for. I thought, I thought, you know, even going back to um, film editing, um, I think that should have been acknowledged for that. Best effects, um, 
you know, it's just, it's unfortunate. It really is. But again, and best director went to, you know, Robert Zemeckis for Forrest Gump. Definitely. And, and to let you know, here's the sad thing about that. He was not even nominated for, for this, mm-hmm. for, for best director. Frank Darenbrock did not even get one nomination for that. That's, that's unfortunate. You know, who, you know who else was up right. for the role of Andy? Hmm. Gene Hackman. Robert Duvall, Clint Eastwood, Paul Newman, Hanks, Kevin Costner, Nick Cage, <laughs> Charlie Sheen, <laughs> and Johnny Depp, among others. Man, Charlie Sheen, really? Charlie Sheen. Well, I mean, well, uh, back then, maybe. Before maybe. two, before two and a half men. Yeah, and right around the time he did a. Hot shots part two. <laughs> now, no, that's yeah, that's now. Yeah, okay. Careful, careful. <laughs> big fan of the hot shot franchise. Oh, I'm a big fan. I just love saying hot shots part two. <laughs> um, so, anyways, Shawshank Redemption gets into the top five for me. Uh, great film, a big slap to the Academy Awards. Um, cinematography was great. Um, I, I thought that the dialogue, the screenplay was amazing. Um, the relationship building between the actors was was top notch. Um, if there is a movie about prison that I can watch over and over, this would probably be it. So I'm I'm very thankful that you picked this movie for me. Um, so, um, so it, it's it's again, sorry to the fans, sorry to everybody out there that I haven't seen this, and this movie's been out since 1994, and I'm supposed to consider myself a professional reviewer. 25 years. <laughs> I'm a bad man. 25 years. And here's, I'm going to say this to the fans. Why do you think the fans back in 1994, movie fanatics didn't go out and go crazy to see this movie? It's, it's amazing to me that, that the box office receipts um, are, are so low comparatively. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about a, an Apollo 13, that's, you know, what, six times what this brought in. Right. It just seems amazing to me. Well, I, I mean, is is it because it's about, you know, uh, is it because it's about a, a prison scene? A prison? Does, does everyone think have the same aversion to prison movies like you do? Well, you know, I put maybe they do. Maybe that is something. That's something to look into to go back and look at how many prison movies do well. Um, and and I and I say that only with, you know, because think about this: what is the one biggest tragedy that ever happened to us in the United States besides COVID? 9-11. Okay. How many successful 9-11 movies have been out there financially? Oh. Zero. Zero. People don't want to, people don't want to be reminded of it. All the Hallmark movies that they made about, you know, the, the one flight that, you know, the, was let's, flight, the number of the flight, the one that they right, all flight to fight. 93 yeah. or whatever. When yeah. they, but that, I mean, that was all make believe. No one knows what happened on that plane because the plane, the plane crashed. So with that being said, and then there was the other one, the Nicolas Cage one, where he's running into the tower. So there's a lot of those. I'm wondering, I'm just, just a thought. I mean, it just really has to really think Maybe. about that. Maybe. Really, the only other one I can think of, uh, a prison movie that, uh, well, that I've watched and I've really liked is Escape from Alcatraz. The Clint Eastwood movie. It's the late 70s. I, yeah, I watched the original one, um, or not the original, the one with Clint Eastwood, uh, the only yeah. one. 
the, um, but how about, and here's my connect the dots. You just reviewed Apollo 13. I did. Who was, yes, well, you did, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And who was the main character? Jim Lavelle. Who was the actor? Tom Hanks. And Frank Darren directed Tom Hanks in what prison movie? Oh, um, uh, and Stephen King book, Green Mile. Correct. Right? Yep. <laughs> yep. Green Mile. So there's your connected dots. You have the movie you reviewed, the movie that, that I reviewed um, has been directed. Uh, Tom Hanks uh, was in Green Mile, which is a Stephen King film, a prison movie. And that one I've actually watched it because I looked at it as more as fantasy. But I did have trouble in some of the scenes uh, of Green Mile. Um, and, and it's highly rated movie. I just couldn't handle, um, the bad guys, the guy, bad guy that, the wild Bill Wharton and Sam Rockwell. I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle his character and his role. That bothered me that whole, why he was in prison. Well, it's another one of these Stephen King novellas, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Which is, a, I mean, it's a great book. And, and again, um, again, it goes back to. Stephen King's and, and Frank uh, Derenbaum working together, making great films. This is that, you know, so great, you know, again, Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, one's a little, obviously fantasy, one seems to be more, you know, obviously realistic. The, the Shawshank Redemption, I think, was surprisingly better than I expected it to be. Um, so thank you. Uh, thanks again for watching that. And well, I'm be so, better. I am so glad you enjoyed it. I am delighted that it, it hit your, it hit your top five. Um, and I, I'm sure you'll watch it again. And to, if it really is, because it's one of those that you can watch over and over again and you pick up on things. And I mean, there are so many great scenes, the, the, the best scene. And, and I've said this on many other podcasts, if a movie can get me to cry for some tear jerking scene mm -hmm. yep. or something like that, that, that is, a, that is a feat. That is definitely an accomplishment. And I cry every time at the end of that movie, when red's walking through the sand on his way to that boat, every damn time. Yep. I same here. I, it, it's, it will tear me up and I, I got emotional and I don't like to do that when I'm sitting around staring at my wife and talking about, <laughs> she sees me cry over a film. I try not to have that happen, but uh, in this one it did. And uh, again, thank you so much for picking this. And, you know, we've had two really good movies, uh, I believe. And, and now we're heading off to our real fans pick of the week. Now, before we go into this, let's think of the, let's talk about the four movies real quick. Um, that they had to choose from. Okay. So we had uh, 12 Angry Men, 1957. Yes. Um, Godfather, which I just recently watched. So I'm kind of glad uh, that they didn't pick that, but I love The Godfather. I'm um, not sure. I'm not sure that I had the time to invest in Godfather, you know, because the pace of that movie is is a certain way. The length of the movie coupled with the pace of that movie. I mean, that's an investment. Yes. Right? Yeah. You're making a significant investment if you decide to sit down and watch The Godfather. And then then we had the surprising one, which I I going back and looking at it, I mean, you gotta you gotta say, yeah, they're right. But in IMDB best movies, um, Dark Knight was on there and I didn't expect that. I didn't 
I didn't expect it, but I would have to say Dark Knight is probably one of the best Batman movies ever made. Well, so. it's not your, but it, it may, okay. It may be the best Batman movie ever made, but it's mm. not your favorite Batman movie. No, mine is the original with, with Jack Nicholson, but I will say this. I believe that that movie's ranked up there because of Heath Ledger's um, role that he played as the Joker. I, and I don't disagree with that yeah. at all. I under, I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure about Dark Knight being, you know, one of the best movies ever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about that. And I'm with you. I, I'll, I'll, watch, I'll watch the Michael Keaton version any day of the week. Yeah. Um, it's a little campy. It, it, I don't know that it's a, a great quality movie, but I love it. I love that movie. So, so my question for you though, is you see Christopher Nolan, you see all these other directors that are doing, you know, the, the Batman. And then you had, um, Tim Burton doing some of the Batman movies. What did you think of that? I mean, I, I see, I really struggled with the George Clooney, and Jim oh. uh, Carey is the Riddler, and and Danny DeVito is Penguin, and 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 I love Michelle Pfeiffer, but the, you know, the Catwoman was a little long in the tooth. And I, the more I watched the and and let me let me clarify that at the time, I thought that those movies were very good um, next chapters on top of what you know uh, Michael Keaton and Jack. Nicholson did with the very first one because well, I, they yeah. they brought other characters in they brought the Riddler in they bought the Penguin in etc. But then you have Dark Knight made yeah and it's okay. it's so completely different and mm-hmm. it's when it's when they shifted the character into being a lot more dark and sinister right than he was in the eighty nine version with Michael Keaton so they're di- they're different they are they're they're very different um in that in a lot has to, I will say this when Tim Burton did the 1989 Batman with with in the, the first one he didn't make it too corny you know like he did when he did with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or he did when he he did Alice oh. in Wonderland he does oh. some really stupid over-the-top stuff and Tim Burton gets really goofy he didn't with that one. He did later with the other ones, but he didn't with that one. And that's right. why I think that one held it own. But again, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight was great. Um, and so going down our list, um, Godfather had 14 votes. Dark Knight had 10. 12 Angry Men came in with seven. And Pulp Fiction walked away with uh, – oh, no, actually, let me, let me scroll down. I, I forgot to give you an update. Godfather was 19, Dark Knight 10, 12 Angry Men with seven. And Pulp Fiction run, ran away with it with 24 – we closed at five o'clock that day, but I still ended up getting people voting. We probably got closer to 70, but I didn't count them because we said we closed at a certain time. Um, so the winner was Pulp Fiction. You read the Bible, Greg? Yes. Well, there's this passage I got memorized. So it fits this occasion. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers 
and you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. What is your overall thoughts? Because I, I kind of got the feeling you didn't really want to watch this. I grimaced when you told me the results of the poll. Really? Yeah, I, I went, oh, man. It, because I was gunning for 12 angry men. I really was. And, and that I had my heart set on that one. And I went, oh, a Tarantino movie? Okay. Because Tarantino movies, let's, let's just face it, they're weird. Yeah. They're weird, right? And some movies that are weird uh, get your attention and, mm-hmm. and you enjoy them. And then others, you just you shake your head going, why, why did I watch this? And I thought that's where I was headed. This one's no different. It's no different than any than any other Tarantino weird type movie, except that it was one of the first ones. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I will say it, it pushed some boundaries. It pushed boundaries that can't be made today. Things that can't be said today. Um, I love the fact that Quentin Tarantino does what he always does. He puts himself in the movie. Um, and this yeah. was a, and not only was it for for John Travolta, but I also too kind of believe it helped Uma Thurman a little bit. Uma. 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 um, So with John Travolta, this kind of brought John back. John had a, was a little. Well, I think that he, I think he had done, um, didn't he just finish Look Who's Talking with uh, Kirstie Alley? And uh, and and that was kind of the buzz was oh Travolta's in this you know he's oh, that's on screen right, and, right. and then and then this happens mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and he was he was nominated for for best for best actor oh yeah he this this movie he this one really brought him back I don't think any of the movies he did prior to this were you know I think people forgot about him they forgot oh, sure. about him as an actor. You know, and, oh, he was and, on Island of the Lost Stars. No question about it. Again, this goes to, to back to it. I know 1995. You had it was a tough year for Oscars um, when we talk about it, but this one only won for best writing. You know, it's kind of surprising, don't you believe? I mean, don't you think? But I guess oh, if you're up against you. Shawshank Redemption, Nobody's Fool, uh, The Madness of King George, Forrest Gump, and Pulp Fiction, you know, it kind of makes it tough. That's that's a that's a tough crowd right there. Oh yeah. But did you did you think? Let me ask you a question about about Travolta and and I agree with you that his career came roaring back. You know, with with this one. Uh-huh. But how about how about Samuel L. Jackson? You know, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. But did yeah. you think that was fair? You know, I I, I think I think this movie there was so many different characters. You know, you kind of you kind of remember. I mean, Bruce Willis. You know, oh, they, yeah. you know, there was all these different characters in there that could have been nominated for something, and I don't think any of them got their luck. You know, Ving Rhames, um, you know, there's that goes down the, as Marcel. Uh, so as there's Marcel. a lot. Yeah, I mean, there was all of these guys in here. So I having, just thought it was. I think it was just tough. It was a tough. I thought Jules. I thought Jules was played and had a lot more visibility than John Travolta's character. I just I, I I thought that either they both should have been nominated for best actor, mm-hmm. or it should have been the other way. And and I don't know if you know Travolta would have won if he'd been best supporting actor versus actor in a leading role. Um, and we know why this one uh, didn't 
get any wins. I mean, I'm glad it won for writing um, and kind of put Tarantino on the map. But I think, think I think this was Quentin Tarantino's best opportunity for a for a, a, a director's nomination. In his early in his career, and he didn't get well that early. No, early in his career for sure. Reservoir um, Dogs as well. Hateful Eight. I mean, he's done some great movies, but I just you know I think he's still. I think because he has such a blood and gore that that the Academy turns his nose up on a lot of those. They're 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 not with the Academy is not willing to to play nice mm-hmm. um, with that sort of thing. And and it, 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 like I said last week, I'm no prude. But I'm not sure that I really need to hear the F word and the N word repeatedly and over and over and over and over again. Right. Well, and I think that's why he gets the, the thumb up, but I think at some point he doesn't really care anymore. Speaking of, th- speak, speaking of thumbs up, why was Marcellus over a barrel? I mean, why, why, <laughs> why, why is it important to the storyline? Right, that whole scene, the whole scene, where the, oh, he yeah. sa- you couldn't he have saved him another way, you know? It's, it's, I don't, yeah, that was a tough, tough, thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but ben, this, was what, Bruce what, Willis, what, Butch Coolidge, that playable as a boxer? I mean, uh, he, he, I mean, he, he, I like the fact, I like what I like about uh, that character is that he double crosses Marcellus. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's one of the, you know, that's one of the key, what are there like seven chapters in this thing? And it's, right. it, it, the story does not go according to sequence at all. It's all out of order. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the movie also puts you, it, it definitely puts you in that era. Right. Yes. And, and the detail, the detail, some of the fine details in this movie are hilarious. This, this is why I was, I was cracking up, you know, the Eric Stoltz character wearing a, a speed racer t-shirt, <laughs> right? Yeah. And eating fruit brute cereal, fruit brute. <laughs> Good old Lance. Right. The big Jerry cab company. <laughs> and, 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 and Butch, Butch decides after he gets his watch off the kangaroo mm-hmm. that he's just going to casually uh, hang out for a minute and throw a couple of Sam's toaster pastries in the toaster and he discovers the gun. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's I, go down this list too. people. We've not even gotten a chance to talk about yet. Harvey Keitel is the wolf. Excellent role. I loved it. He was, sm- it was short. It was very short, but Harvey Keitel killed it. He killed it. Um, how about, uh, how about Steve Buscemi? Yeah, he played. Um, oh my gosh, uh, he played Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> the waiter. Uh, how about uh, uh, the Captain Coons? Uh, Christopher Walken played by played Captain Coons. Christopher well, Walken, the story of the the watch, <laughs> the watch, how the how he came in, how he came into the watch. Yeah, right? <laughs> did he have it up his butt or something like that during the war? I'm <laughs> in it, when they were in captivity for four yeah. and a half years or however long it yeah. was. Yeah, right? but, so. What what do you what do you what do you what did you think? Who did you think you enjoyed watching as a character the most? It's gonna be it's gonna be a toss up between um, uh, John Travolta's character and and Samuel Jackson. But I think I I liked when Samuel started doing his preaching and reading you know pr- mm. uh, quoting the Bible scriptures. 
Yeah. That was that there is just and he and he has very, the very powerful very has powerful. the epiphany in the coffee shop about, you know, just starting to walk across the you know, just starting to walk until God tells him where to go. Yeah. <laughs> and then right. uh they even had like Phil Lamar who played Marvin, the the kid that in the beginning when they um, came into the, the apartment and they had their guns out and he starts, you know, even Phil Lamar who has been on mad TV and Saturday night live and everything else. Um, you know, even this, all the character actors in this movie, I, even the background characters didn't seem to be bad. Oh, I, thought, no. I, I think everybody, even Amanda Plummer who played honey bunny, easy honey bunny, easy honey easy bunny, <laughs> and Tim Roth who, uh, has been directed by you know Tim Ross has played in how many Quentin Tarantino movies? I mean, he, you know, he's always so, there. Yeah, he's played Pumpkin. So he had Honey Bunny and Pumpkin. So some great characters. The storyline gets a little little tossy turny. You kind of got to make sure you're you're standing. Yeah, pay um, attention. But again, I I will I did say a mistake. Quentin Tarantino did get nominated for best director. What I meant in that was I felt I thought that he should have won for this oh yeah i do i do believe it um because for you to be able to direct a movie that has so many sub chapters and subplots that you know and to keep it in line the way that he did i definitely think he deserved it uh don't get me wrong forrest gump's a good movie but i thought pulp fiction was uh just a better better directed film so and i'm glad our fans picked this one i'm glad i got to watch this one uh it, it was it was a fun ride and aside from the 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 language um and the, oh. the the unfortunate scene with marcellus um you know i'd i'd trade that for fruit brute cereal any day i'm not a big fan of the the anything any movie that references the bending over a barrel whether it's doing guy to guy or guy to girl i'm not rape scenes it's just i can't well it's a it's so, a, apparently it was a it was a from what i read it was a a testimonial to deliverance well yeah right? you can talk you can and again that's one of the hardest movies to sit and watch in that whole scene right there in deliverance i mean not to get sidetracked but that's a tough that scene is tough to watch Oh, it, it absolutely, it, it, it absolutely is. And every time I've ever seen Ned Beatty in a movie ever since, mm -hmm. right. Yep. I go back to that, but this movie, it, it captured $200 million in receipts. So it, it's got a lot of horsepower to it. I think if you compare it to the other movies that Tarantino has made over the years, mm -hmm. holds up really well there. And again, these Tarantino movies, they're just weird. They're just weird. They're different. They're, they've got some quirky things to them. You know, it's almost like a, the, the conversations between, uh, between uh, Samuel L. Jackson and, and, and Travolta, mm -hmm. you know, they're like Seinfeld. They're almost, they're about nothing. Oh, right. The picture the of the enemy, the Big Mac, the Big Mac. you know, <laughs> you got to have, you know, a, a real one entertaining pig, not like that Arnold yep. from Green Acres. I mean, yep. just all, all of it, it just, you could take all of it out and you probably have a 15 minute movie, but you love that it's there. Now, I, I know that John Travolta smoked cigarettes through this whole thing, but did you always think that his character was high? I thought it, I, he, he kind of seemed that way. Like he, the, when he, I. And when I did the lead, you know, talking about Barbarino, remember mm -hmm. that, you know, Vinny Barbarino was, you know, not the sharp, sharpest knife in the drawer. Right. And I always thought Vincent was kind of that way too. Yeah. Yeah. 
right yeah. now he was he was he was able to handle a crisis and he he was a good employee because he took the boss's wife out on the town and you know and all of that but i i thought he, i mean he leaves the gun out on the kitchen counter i mean how much again how much time did this dude spend in the bathroom <laughs> he's 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 in the bathroom when butch comes back right. he's in the bathroom when uh honey bunny uh is holding up the coffee shop right yep, yep. It, you know what is that all about I, I but that that is the genius that is the mind of quentin tarantino for sure so and and so what would you rank rate this film one out of one out of five this got four fresh red vines for me. It, it, yeah. I had to give. I I had to take a, a a half. There's no way I'm giving it the same half a vine that I gave to Apollo 13, right? Okay. And I'm going to give. And if I were to tell you what I thought about Shawshank Redemption, that's going to get four and a half as well. Right? Well, and I, I was going to say that Shawshank Redemption was a four and a half for me, um, but but the Pulp Fiction, I was giving it a three and a half. I didn't like some of the usage of the language. I didn't like the N word being used uh, uh, in that situation. Um, and I didn't like, you know, the, the rape scene. I just, I just, you know, a tip to the liberals or not. I'm just not a big fan of that. I can see where that would be. Those would be detractors for you for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so again, but, thank you to our fans and all the ones that came out. I mean, that's that voted. I mean, that's, that was great. That was great. So no movie scored less than three and a half this week, which yes. is way cool. And now we get a little wind in our sail, right? In Zihuatanejo, because now <laughs> we're starting to move. Now we're starting to move in. We're going to move into movies that we absolutely know are going to be enjoyable to watch. But I think it'll be fun to watch. About. It'll be fun to watch. Yes. And we're, we're going to get into the season next week. We're going to start our multi-week coverage of holiday and Christmas movies next week. Yes, yes. Next now, week we're doing comedies, right? Comedies. We're going to do week. comedies next week. No Thanksgiving references at all. No. You know I mean? we, that, that, that ship has sailed. But we're going to get right into Christmas. And I'm going to watch a movie that is featured in the Crawford household every single year, multiple times per year. I have not seen it, and that is Christmas with the Cranks is what I'm going to review for you all next week. Yes, we we have a list that we follow down each year. Um, Christmas with the Cranks is one that we actually watched last night. Um, and then, but my favorite, which we, uh, we, I watch it the day after Thanksgiving and then I watch it the night we do our Christmas tree. So we're doing our Christmas tree and house, uh, decorating tomorrow. Um, so tomorrow we'll be watching my favorite Christmas movie, uh, which is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And, uh, we also have a third one, uh, coming up for us. And I actually kind of shocked. Have you seen Four Christmases or not? No, I have not. So knowing that you, I read off the star-studded cast, are you looking forward to seeing this one? Yes. You okay. had me at Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> She's so cute. You got to love her. Her and Meg Ryan are my two little American sweethearts. I really do believe that. But you also go back, uh, you know, we have one of my actors, actresses that we've, I've been in love with as well. You're gonna watch her in Christmas with the Cranks, Jamie Lee Curtis, and oh. then, and then in Christmas Vacation, you got the voluptuous Beverly D'Angelo. <laughs> I was who, is, say, 
I would say Beverly D'Angelo, I think, was probably one of the first boobs I've seen on TV when I was young because I saw him in uh, in the original Vacation in 1983 when he opens up the shower and she she's right there. I mean, <laughs> and a, I, a, a movie that has been featured on two reviewers previously. That's correct. And it's, it's funny because I told Angela um, the other day, I says, you know, I used to start, I used to quote that all the time. You know, Tim Allen, or not Tim Allen, I'm sorry. Um, Chevy Chase opens up the curtain. He's like, can I wash your front? She's like, already done it. Oh, can I wash your back? She's like, already done it. He goes, okay, I'll wash myself. <laughs> so I used to joke with that with Angela all the time. I, but again, um, three, three fun movies. I mean, they're not going to be your critically acclaimed films um, where you're looking at, at uh, you know, Oscar nominations like we just got, but they are going to be definitely three films that will will have a, a fun full of laughs. And we have plenty of time to talk about other uh, yes. holiday and Christmas movies that maybe are a little more serious in nature, but we wanted to start things off for this holiday season to be very, very lighthearted. And these will be three, one, three that I'm really looking forward to. I mean, gosh, two that I have not seen that I'm going to have to sit down and actually pay attention to. Right, right. And again, these are all three on my playlist and I'll watch them time and time again throughout the year. I mean, throughout Christmas uh, in December here. And um, so we're looking forward to this. Also want to give out a little love. To, we lost um, Squiggy this week. Um, David, David Lander, Lander yep, so. uh, battled multiple sclerosis since 1994. Yes, yes. And didn't disclose it until about 15 years later. Um, he was, obviously he was, he was well, so well known in Laverne and Shirley for, for playing Squiggy, mm -hmm. but don't forget that he was the play-by-play -play announcer on radio in A League of Their Own. Yep. Good old Penny Marshall. So RIP, Mr. Lander. Yes. Monty, thank you for a great week of movies. This was just great. And I'm looking forward to uh, next week too. We should have some fun with those. Absolutely. Have a great week. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to some Christmas movies. Make sure to keep an eye on our social media sites, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can always find our podcasts on Apple, Google, uh, Anchor, wherever you may find your, your podcasts. Spotify. And don't, don't forget our radio partners, KMET AM 1490. Until next week, we are two real reviewers. You'll hear us next week. Beep.